Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text for this day is Mark chapter 8. Here again, the part that reads, And Jesus went with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked, Who do people say that I am? And he told them, John the baptizer, and others say Elijah, and others say one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, You, the Christ. And that's what we are doing here today. However, do people know, do we like what it means to confess Jesus as the Christ? Are we greater than Peter? Because Peter did not like what Jesus had to say about the Christ, about himself. And we all have a little bit of Peter in us, don't we? On one hand, we are bold, right? On the other hand, we are afraid. But Jesus, as he did for Peter, brings us to identify with him so that we can carry our cross and follow him and confess. This is my Jesus. So what is your confession of Jesus? Because people have a lot of ideas about who Jesus is. Oh, the Muslims believe that Jesus was a great prophet, but they cannot confess that he is the Christ. Our country's forefathers, like Thomas Jefferson, said he was a great moral teacher. Jehovah's Witness proclaimed that he's divine now, but when he walked the earth, he was only human. There are different understandings of Jesus and more, even after having what we have as the New Testament. With so many different understandings, we too can understand why the toes at the time of Jesus who only had the Old Testament still had a lot of different ideas about Jesus. People thought that Jesus was John the baptizer, Elijah or one of the prophets. But we, as Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, we have the prophetic word made more clear. It doesn't matter what other people think, it matters what you think. It matters what the scriptures tell you who the Christ is. Peter gets it right, or does he? For as soon as Jesus teaches about all that Jesus must suffer and die and that he must rise again, Peter goes ahead and rebukes him. You see, Peter really doesn't want a Jesus who suffers and dies on the cross. Why doesn't he want a Jesus that suffers and dies like the one proclaimed in the Old Testament? Oh, we're not told that maybe the reason is 
we are to think about that in our own selves. It's a question we need to ask ourselves. We confess Christ, but what does it mean to confess a suffering, dying, and rising Christ? Are we really ready to identify with Jesus? Because there may come a point in our lives that we are going to be asked to confess Jesus and our lives will be threatened. Are we ready to stand with him? Listen. Jesus will help us. As we live our lives, he will enable us by his spirit to confess that he is who he is. Remember the disciples? With all the trouble that they had, they had it all the way to the cross. Judas did. Why did he betray Jesus? Was it for money? Could it be that he trusted that Jesus would overcome those who were against him? And so in overcoming him, he could go ahead and keep the money anyway. He wanted to power Jesus. Or maybe it wasn't for the money. He just wanted to force Jesus' hand. And when his plan failed, and guilt got the best of him, he couldn't live with himself. For the real Jesus goes to the cross. Peter. Peter couldn't identify with the suffering and the persecuted, crucified Jesus either. Both when Jesus said it and when Jesus was on trial. He lied to save his own skin. I don't know the man. Not once, not twice, but three times. He denied his Lord. What would happen if he would identify with Jesus? No, his Jesus couldn't, shouldn't, wouldn't. But that wasn't the real Jesus. Even after the crucifixion. Where do you find the disciples? In John, we find them in the upper room, not once, but twice for fear of the Jews. Could it be that they would end up being just like Jesus? Accused as a criminal. And yet... Think of the examples that people were calling Jesus at the time or thought who Jesus was. Was their lives any different? John the baptizer, right? Out there, proclaiming a baptism of repentance. And what does it get him? Prison and then beheaded. Elijah? <laughs> Great man, right? There on top of Mount Carmel, he goes ahead and has the 700 or the prophets of Baal. Yeah, seven, wasn't there 700? 
prophets of Baal go ahead and prepare their sacrifices and they went ahead and they yelled out to their God and cut themselves trying to get the Baal's attention and nothing happened. But Elijah, he goes ahead and says to pour on water on my sacrifice and God's word came down and consumed the whole thing. And yet, what does he do? When Jezebel comes after him, God, take my life. I can't take it anymore. And hightails it out of there. And the prophets look at their lives. Yeah, they too are marked with suffering and some death all for the sake of God's people and the sake of God's word. For God's word, they knew, gives life, even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of death. And the word became flesh and made his tabernacle among us. That's what the Gospel of John says, but oh, but we're in the Gospel of Mark. To be God's Christ is not just power, it is not just to be right, it is about that and more. It is about being a servant of the word to God's people. It is taking all, everything that makes us broken human beings and he buries himself in everything that afflicts us without doing the sin. And he becomes sin for us. And he takes on our death. And dies on the cross. He bears our crosses. Our crosses, the disciples' crosses, anyone's cross will not keep him down. He will rise again, and he does it for us. He does it for all. He does it so that our loss, even our loss of life, because of him, won't hold us down or stand in the way of our resurrection. He wants us to confess the whole Jesus even the one who goes to the cross. Even as we bear our own cross of death. Because in him is always the resurrection. He goes to the cross to be bold, to carry our crosses and confess, this is my Jesus. What cross do you have to bury or to bear to confess Jesus? I don't mean the kind of sufferings, the pains of everyday life, but I mean the ones that you suffer because you are a Christian. The ones you suffer because this is your Jesus. Maybe that cross is at school as you do your memory work in your spare time preparing for confirmation and you get asked, what are you doing? 
and you say, getting ready for confirmation, and you hear, what for? It's my night off. I work. I have to practice. Well, at my church, we have fun. And all they say is what you don't get to do. And your cross becomes heavier. There are those who carry the cross at home for the sake of Jesus. Pastor many years ago shared about a mother who made sure that her children got to church. But that wasn't her husband's idea. He gave the Jesse Ventura response, for those of you who remember, religion is for the weak. Yet she persisted, and he worked all the harder to deter her, even chained the car so that it wouldn't drive. And yet she found a way. Each Sunday, to go to church. But her cross was heavy. Your cross may not be that heavy for you, but people have a way to adding to your cross, even unintentionally, because Satan does not want you to bear it. He does not, he does not want you to confess the whole Jesus. But our Lord is faithful, faithful to his promise no matter how long it takes, just as he was for Abraham and for Sarah. Abraham, who after a hundred years and Sarah after 90, gave birth to their first son. He will do what he promised. He says he'll stay with you. Last Wednesday, we were reminded that since humanity left the garden, God is hidden, but he is there. And our Lord appeared in the flesh even as the crucified, but he promises no le his promise are no less valid and even more valid for what Jesus did on the cross validates what he promised. He carried it and paid for the debt of sin, but by his death, he conquered death and rose victorious so that we could say, this is my Jesus. Today, God's word is hidden behind my word. As I speak his word to you, today, Jesus is hidden behind bread and wine, but we hear, this is my body given for you, this is my blood shed for you, for the forgiveness of sins. And we come to the altar and confess, this is my Jesus. Paul summed it up so well when he said, through him we have been obtained access so let me say that again. Through him we have also obtained access by faith in his grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. 
And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through His Holy Spirit whom, or who has been given to us. Yes, this crucified Jesus is my Jesus. Amen. Now the peace of God that passes understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.